0: Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Tres. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 18 of Amateur Hour. Today... I know that we always say that we are not professionals, but today that is about to change. We have a very very special guest on our show with us today, a literal NFL player, Vofa Tatupu, three-time Pro Bowler, 5 years with the Seattle Seahawks, a borderline legendary career.
1: Give him his roses, give him his roses.
0: <laughs> thank you very much for being on the show with us today.
2: Yo, fellas, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. We're changing things up today, and we're going to start with the weekly highs. Per tradition, our guest is going to start off with something that happened great, whether that's in the world of sports or their personal life. So, Lofa, let's start with the positive vibes.
2: Oh, I'm all about the good vibes. Uh, So, weekly high, I just got to watch my sister do a time trial. She's competitive racing for Dragon Boat. So, she uh, flew up from San Diego to come visit me, and I took her to her time trial this morning. She did pretty well. And she's got another one next week. So uh, it's just great to spend time with family, you know, with uh, COVID and, and what, you know, was 2020. I hadn't seen my sister in about a year and a half. So uh, wow. it's, yeah, to you know, t- finally get some normalcy. But then on top of it, see one of your, your family members, you know, competing and, you know, trying to best better themselves every time they, they get out there in their, in their respective sport is amazing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So did she beat her previous time?
2: Um she didn't but funny story. Well, I don't know how funny it is if you ask her, but uh <laughs> on top of like a a motorboat doing circles, like just doing donuts out there. Um yeah. and then on, on her second attempt, a I mean this is the definition of irony. She's a dragon boat racer and a dragon boat almost hit her when she when she was going on her second trial. And she, you know, she did 318. I think her goal was 310. But she had to avoid, you know, getting hit by, you know, another, another dragon boat. (laughs) So that could have been a PB. I'm telling you, it looked like it was going to be so. But uh, proud of her, you know, and you know what I was most proud of is that because I was watching her and I wanted to see what she was going to do. And she didn't even slow down, budge. And she was like, you know what? Because I talked to her after. She goes, you know, I said, if I'm going to hit them, I'm going to hit them full speed. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to. You know, like whatever happens, happens, and that that's just yep. true. You know, you know, tatupu mindset. I'll, I guess I'll say that much. Yeah, that's 100, that's the go right through. Time. Oh,
0: all in. Let's go. Well, so that's one of the things as an athlete is that yeah, there's times where you're going for personal best and you may not hit it, but just getting out there and putting the work in, you you've already in some ways won.
2: Absolutely, I, I completely agree with that.
0: Just by being, yeah. So just by showing up.
2: Right. That, that's life. You got
0: to show up. Exactly. Exactly. So Lofa, you grew up in New England. Yep. Your father, Mosi Tatupu, a New England Patriots player near and dear to me and Trace's heart is the New England Patriots.
1: Oh, ride or die Patriots fan. <laughs> ride <laughs> or die. We, we get so much flack for it, but ride or die.
0: Yep. With Tom Brady gone. Things are, uh, uh, you know, looking a little sad, uh, <laughs> this year might be okay. Getting a little nervous with Cam Newton still at the helm, but you know, you, you hope for the best. Yeah. But I want to ask you, what was it like growing up in New England? You know, wh- what was your experience?
2: Oh man, I loved it. I loved growing up there. Uh, small town, Plainville, Massachusetts. Shout out to Plainville, the tri-town area: Plainville, Rentham, and Norfolk. That's uh, you know, that's where I always rep it. My wife's from Norfolk, yep. so um, and even even my quarterback. In in the NFL was from the Tri Town. Uh, maybe you heard of him, Matthew Hasselbeck. Yes, sir. A, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean, you know, we're we're very you know proud of you know coming from there and uh, always always repping the 508. And uh, and yeah, man, I I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything about it. It was uh, you know, one of. I wanna say three Samoans, me, my dad, and my sister in the mm. northeast within the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So so it was a little different, but um but it was fun, man. I still keep in touch with all my friends that I grew up with. And um, you know, it's family. And I'd I miss the East Coast, man. It's uh I miss just the, the straightforwardness of the East Coast.
0: Some people say that we're a little bit less friendly than some of the southern states, but like you said, people no, are straightforward. They're gonna no, tell we're you not, like it is
2: we're not less friendly, we're just honest, and a lot of people can't deal with the <laughs> fucking truth. That's the that's <laughs> that's, that's the, what it is.
0: That is facts. Buddy, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you, your mixtape was terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, the accent coming. Hey, kid, guy, guy, nah. <laughs> guy, listen. When oh, yeah.
1: you get the Southy accent going, like, it's business. Yeah, yeah, but it's just oh, business. Man.
2: But yeah, but it's the truth. Like you said, you know, we're not rude. We're just honest. And if you can't handle the truth, that's not that's not our fucking problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, Lofa, I want to ask you. So, growing up in New England, with your father being an NFL player, what was your father's influence on you, both as a person and as an athlete?
2: I would say, I mean, you know, very powerful, very impactful both, you know? Yeah. Um But... My dad didn't want me to play football, funny enough. Really. <laughs> and I think yeah because, you know, football's hard. It is <laughs> it is yeah. demanding, you know, not just physically but mentally and emotionally as I would come to find out on my own. But um, you know, I think with all the injuries, especially and you know, I had a lot more than he did. I think mm-hmm. he only had like maybe one or two surgeries. I had about 10. And um and then you you know pile on all the concussions. And, and, you know, I don't think my dad ever had a a real, you know, diagnosed concussion, one where he was out on his feet and I've had several of those. And so like, I knew what he was trying to protect me from, but you know, it's, it's the life. Like I said, I didn't choose this, this life chose me. And I felt, I really felt like that since I was a kid, because even though I was better at baseball, I was better at basketball growing up, but I just loved football. And so you know, um, it was awesome having him there to, you know, kind of just tell me because he played offense and I, you know, I was the linebacker. So um, it was he would always give me tips on like what the running backs trying to do in terms of, you know, leverage, you know, on, on a route and, and all these different things. Mm. So I could see the game through a different lens through through his perspective on offense. Um, Because I did play some some offense in high school, but ultimately I found a home on defense. It was just much more natural for me uh, chasing the ball. (laughs) And as a person, like you said, off the field, I'm still trying to, you know, live up to or, or, you know, get out of his shadow there. And I mean, that's something I'm proud to say, because I always heard my dad played 14 years in the NFL, went to a pro bowl. And everybody told me how good of a football player he was. But what they always followed up was. He was an even better person off the field, and mm, yeah. so yeah, I was, you know, truly honored to hear those words. And, uh, and like I said, I'm still hearing stories about how he's helped change people's lives. Um, mm. And because uh, he's, you know, he's been gone 11 years now, and it's crazy to think he's he's gone that long. But, um, but yeah, man, like, just uh, I'm proud to be his son, and you know i I really give a lot of credit both my parents, my my dad and my mom, because my mom was the one that really pushed me you know, with, with football, she's like, if this is what you want, this is what your dad did. Cause my dad, he wouldn't, he wouldn't take me to the field to do, you know, drills and stuff because he would take me to the baseball field. He's like, Hey, we're going to hit some grounders today. We're going to go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, he was trying to steer me to the other, to the diamond as opposed to the football field. But, right. um, but you know, once he finally realized, okay, this is what the kids want to do. He was all in and he coached me in high school. And it was, uh, yeah. oh, it was amazing, man. It was, uh, you know, just memories that will last me my, my lifetime.
1: Well, so I got, I got a follow for you, Lofa. Um, how much, how much time as a kid did you spend around your dad kind of like as a Patriot, like in the, in the facilities, were you able to kind of, uh, be around him during his, when he was playing, like watch a lot of games, you know, oh, go to the yeah. games and stuff.
2: Yeah. I, um, I remember going to games and I remember, you know, being on the field. I remember going to the, the weight room and, uh-huh. you know, during the off season. And, um, like, yeah, I think that's, you know, where the, the love for the game really, you know, came to play or came to be for me. Cause I mean, I remember I was telling people I was going to play in the NFL when I was six, seven years old and, you know, wow. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, all right, kid. But, uh, you know, that's, it's just, like I said, it felt like I was born to do this. And, um, You know, a lot of it had to do with, you know, having my dad pave the way. And, you know, when you see, you know, when you see someone, you know, or or someone that looks like you, as they say, do something, you start to get that vision yourself and and picture what it could be like, right? You know, so, so yeah, I just couldn't picture myself doing anything else. But, but I mean, it's funny you talk about the Patriots because, you know, when I grew up the pats were not oh. good oh, they, they, were, they, they were awful I, they had like those 90s pats yeah like one winning season I, you know when they went to the super bowl but like other oh. than that i think they might have like touched 500 one other time in that decade oh my god so i mean
1: i mean your dad did play in the super bowl so
2: yeah uh, yeah you get to do that but um <laughs> but i mean you know it's well it's very different from the pats that everybody knows today so when you say I laugh because what what did they go? Did they go five hundred this year or seven and nine something like they that? They
1: went seven and nine this year. Yeah. yeah. Oh
2: and, boy. And like you know, that's just like, oh my god, not seven and nine. You know. Oh, I, I freaked mean, out. You guys, had, you out. guys yeah. had two decades of winning.
1: I know. <laughs> we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. Yeah. We're so spoiled.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just like we're so, so. You know, I mean, back then it was like, man, like one and fifteen, two and fourteen. Yeah. It was like shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So <laughs> how,
1: how do you think we got Bledsoe? That's because we are so bad.
2: see, Hey, there you go. That, now that was, that was my quarterback. That was uh, yeah. Drew Bledsoe. what a beast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> pocket passer, pocket passer. We love those pocket passes around here. That's why when cam got here, I was like, what is he, what
2: is he doing? Well, I was stoked he when cam sleep. got there, but his shoulder just, he, his arm doesn't look healthy, man. And that's yeah. because right cam a couple years ago. I mean, look, he won the MVP in 15, I mean, right, yeah. you know, he could do whatever he want, throw, run. Um it was incredible, but it before his shoulder cuz I know he's he's had ankle and foot problems too, but yeah. Right. I mean, if if Bill had Cam from just even 2 3 years ago, I mean, mm. it's Super Bowl. D- mean, different story, different yeah. story. I mean, cuz right. he still has a defense up there. Um that's that's yeah. the one thing, you know, Bills always going to have, you know, hang his hat on a defense. And uh, Right. I'm telling you, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And then we got Mac Jones this year. Yeah. Uh, you don't how, know. Yeah, might, how do you feel about that? I mean, you you got it. they they need a quarterback, right? I mean, cuz yes. You, you look you look at what happened last year and I I like Mac Jones. I'm going to go on record saying I believe in the kid because Nice. <laughs> okay. be, well, because look at what in this day and age, when everybody is quick to hit the transfer portal and just, oh, I'm not starting, then I'm out of here. And I mean, right. okay, there's a couple situations where it works out, a burrows, or, you know, there's a couple Jalen um, Hurts, fields. Yeah, Hertz. But, you know, but, okay, so Hertz, I mean, I guess we could talk about him real quick, too, is Hertz lost his job in the most uh-huh. brutal fashion ever. This is why I also believe in Hertz. Rough. He mm-hmm. lost yeah. in the most brutal fashion. He didn't transfer. He said, "I want to come back." He had a conversation with Saban. Said, "I want to come back, and I want to compete for my job." And so right. mm, that's yeah. and what he did. He, he stuck around that one more year. He got them out of trouble in the in the SEC championship. Remember oh,
1: yeah. what a game, yep. yeah.
2: And and won it for them essentially. And, and now you are kind of going like, okay, well, if Tua's not one hundred percent, we should just start Hertz. Is what I thought they were going to go with, but you know they went back to Tua, and he just he just wasn't healthy. Fast forward, Hertz graduated. He went over to Oklahoma, balled out, and now he's got his opportunity in Philly, and I think he's going to be fine right. up there. Well, right. well, then, so you got Mac Jones this whole three years sitting behind <laughs> this whole situation in front of him with Tua and Hurts, yeah. where where you know if you're the third guy, that's when you're kind of thinking, I could see that, like, okay, well, like, I mean, there, and let's say both get hurt, I'm not going in. He didn't, right. but he didn't transfer; he stayed. Just same with Devontae Smith, because who was it? Judy, right. Waddle, um, and uh, mm-hmm. there's Ruggs. And I think there's one more that were there, too. Um, all first rounders. Was Ridley round. there? No, Ridley's I think Georgia, Ridley, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Ridley's he, Georgia. And the other Ridley yeah. was older, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is a kid that's just like, oh, man, he's really going to wait until his, like, junior year to get his opportunity. Well, he did. Right. Was up for the Heisman. <laughs> The guy he yeah. threw to the guy he threw to won the Heisman. Won the Heisman. Yeah. And uh, won the national championship. I mean, it's just like, you know, what else what else do you want to do? I mean, that's a competitor right there. And I mean I think so that's why I believe in him I believe in Hertz too and Tua. I think they're they're all gonna be just fine. But right. um Bill and Saban have that that tight relationship. They worked together in the past and you know, so yeah. um I mean
1: Yeah, Bill loves those Saban
2: guys. I well, think most of them work <laughs> out, right? Like when they come yeah. up to you know, to come up to New England, it, it works out.
0: Right. Well, so you, you brought up a funny point about people being tr- quick to transfer. How do you feel now that in some ways the NFL is starting to shift more towards superstar power? In some ways, we've seen this in other sports mm-hmm. like the NBA, right? Where a star player has the authority now to say, I don't want to play here anymore, for whatever the reason may be, and they leave. How do you feel about these changes starting to come into play in the NFL?
2: You know, it's interesting and it's kind of a tough dynamic because, you know, especially like a star player in, in the NBA, one guy, one LeBron mm-hmm. James, one, you know, Zion, one one guy can change right. the entire landscape for, a uh, you know, uh, organization. In football, you really can't. <laughs> I mean, even quarterbacks to a degree. Yeah. Right. Aaron Rodgers, Russ Wilson, they go somewhere. They can go to the last place team and they'll make them competitive. But what well, it's kind of tough or what I'm seeing kind of it's this football is the ultimate team sport. This yes. isn't a sport where one guy can, I mean, yeah, it can push you over the playoff hump. It can push you from 500 up to a wild card, but right. you, you're not going to take a guy and go to an organization and just take him from dead last to first. Right uh it's just very rare and i mean even like tom's situation that that roster was loaded i mean yeah. I, oh yeah and yeah james yep. threw for five thousand thirty 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions is what hurt that <laughs> is, is that's what that's what ultimately hurt that team and most in like right. seven or eight of those interceptions went for touchdowns so yep. that's you know nearly impossible to um to come back from and so but that that defense um and they added some pieces to it too um they, they, you know, that's that's a different situation. That's not really where a lot of you know Tom's getting credit. Like, oh, they just put Tom into the team and you know they won the Super Bowl. Now you're gonna right. have you're gonna have a really good chance. His history states you're gonna have a really good chance of getting there. But um, I just that was probably one of the best rosters I think if you ask Tom that he's ever played with. You know, yes. probably the best team top to bottom. And um, so the, you know the the whole problem with these star players, at, you know, doing the the NBA or or whatever you want to call it, treatment of like, oh, I, want, yes. I want out. I want to go here. Is that, yo, if you're a leader, what's that saying to your team? Yeah. What yeah. kind of, you know, what kind of message, how do you go back to that locker room and say, Hey guys, let's do this. Cause I know if right. I was, if that was like my leader, I look at him like, man, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, now you're cool with us. Like you were, you right. were just asking out. So in any other sport, maybe you, I'm not going to say get away with that. Maybe that it doesn't affect the dynamic of a team, but I don't see how that doesn't uh, affect the team.
1: That well, right, that's, so- a, that's the one thing I think of with the Rogers situation is that so much has come out. So in such a short amount of time about his distaste for the GM and
2: mm-hmm. his distaste oh, wow. for
1: Jordan love behind him and yeah, that it, it doesn't seem feasible and he's all, apparently already told his teammates, like, even before the last season started, that this is going to be his last season. And hmm. If that's all true, it just – it doesn't seem feasible for the team to keep him because if he's just going to either sit out or, you know, pull this retirement shit, like, why why wouldn't – if you have the guy, if you're – trust if you trust Jordan Love, why wouldn't you – Trade him, trade the MVP at his highest peak value. I just don't see sell
0: high and, yeah. and get something yeah. out of that. And, right. and
1: Max thinks otherwise. Max thinks that this is all uh, a ploy to, you know, try to get more pieces. And and it could that could be true too. But it just it doesn't seem that you know that oomph isn't there. Like he really wants to come back, and he's just pulling the stunt. Yeah, and I don't no, see it.
2: No, I very much believe when Aaron Rodgers says something, I very much believe he he means it. You know. Mm. I don't think it's, uh, something that we need to read into or it's like, Hey, you know, no, he wants out. Like I, I I, I just believe him for his word. I've competed against Aaron, you know, college all through the NFL. And he's just, it doesn't seem like he he doesn't bullshit, man. He just, he goes out there and kicks ass. (laughs) And I think that's how he handles business off the field too. So it's, um, when, when that came up, I was like, Oh man, there's something there. And, and you know, I did a pod what, a week ago, and someone raised a good point. Was, you know, when they lost to the Bucks in the divisional or whatever it was, you know,
1: the N- NFC Championship. NFC
2: Championship. N-N-N-N-N. Could could that one, that first round pick that was sitting on the bench, maybe have been used, you know, to, mm, to, right. to to actually help the team right then? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. you know, so who knows? And I mean, it's it's just tough because you could continue to talk. That's when you continue to talk yourself in circles with this because once upon a time, when Brett and the team was not too far from a couple pieces, they drafted a young man out of Berkeley named Aaron right. Rodgers, and that didn't <laughs> play for five years, right? But then right. has gone on to become a three-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, MVP. Like it's it's so I I don't know what is the right move, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to watch. But I, I even said on record, I, I didn't think I don't think that he'll. Be the starting quarterback once the season starts for them. Uh, now wow. I agree. I we'll, agree. Now we'll see, right? But I just I felt right. like I don't know with the the things that have come out and the like the disrespect he feels in terms of what moves the the front offices make is it's you know it, it wears on on him especially he's a leader man it's like man what like what else do I got to do? Yeah. Well, so this might be. I I just want
0: to like. I guess from from a player perspective, Lofa, like you have this, and this is, I guess, something that me and Treyus don't fully comprehend. How important to your day-to-day, and, like as a football player, but also to just the whole season, how important is chemistry between both the offense and defense and then player to player?
2: The Super Bowl champion every year, and even the contender, the one that, that loses, those, te- those are the tightest teams that you'll see every year. That's how important it is. I guarantee you. With that, it's 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 really just a matter of you know, love and respect. Do you love and respect right. your teammates? I mean, right, because if you've been on a championship team at any level, I'm talking peewee up to high school, college, that is the tightest group in terms of it's a family. And right. I guarantee you the Bucks are that way right now. Um, past winners are even my team that, you know, five that, that lost to the Steelers, that was one of the tightest teams I ever played on, man. Just, really? Oh, man. it's And that's what it's all about, man, going for that championship. You you got to do it with people you trust, respect, and love, and you're right. fighting for and fighting with, you know, right. on that field. So, um, yeah, I don't think – you'll never find – I mean, we could take it back to, what was it, 2011? Philly had the dream team. It was like – Right. There's like 20 Pro Bowlers on that on that roster. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, would yep. they go? They went 500 they went, or something like that. Yeah, maybe a yeah. like game or two under. And so th- oh that's my just gosh.
1: they built that up. I yeah. forgot about
2: that. We've even seen it in basketball when yeah. you know, uh, when the Lakers had Malone, Peyton, Kobe, like they they, they had everybody. Right, everybody. Four. It just didn't yeah. it didn't work. Is the thing that
0: gets in the way like people's ego? in people's inability to maybe accept their own shortcomings and their, their uh, inability to like sacrifice some things for the team.
2: I think, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's ego or, um, you know, personalities, you know, right. that, that come into, you know, play um, it's, or, you know, even just taking, taking for granted um, and like, just maybe not put in the work that, that, they did the year previous or prior. Uh, so right. there's there's a right. number of factors. I mean, coaching changes, the draft happens. So you even – that's why it's so hard to repeat. Like you look at the teams that did, uh, you know, the, the Patriots, um, and even the Cowboys back in the, the 90s, the Niners, I think. Uh, those teams, I mean, to do that with – when you have the turnover of free agency, the draft, coaches – Every year, you know, whether you win or lose, there's gonna be a couple of coach coaching changes. Um, right. in terms of you might lose your offense coordinator, you might lose your defense coordinator. And now the chemistry is a little different. And uh, not to make excuses, but it's hard to win the league anyways. Yeah, uh, right. But I mean, I'm really looking at the Bucks right now as unless they just got fat and happy, they should be back in that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unless they're yeah. just Unless that Super Bowl win and they were just partying their asses off still until, you know, July when they have to report. I'm looking at them to re- repeat, at least make it back to the, the championship game in the Super Bowl because they got all of their starters back on both sides. Mm-hmm. They re and then they got a little stronger in the draft, too. So it's. Yeah. But even then, when you lose a couple role players. Man, Mm -hmm. like whether it's a special teams or a third down specialist on offense or defense. And now the chemistry's changed in terms of communication on the field and also responsibility. Like, oh, well, I used to play with this guy and he would shoot the gap and I'd go over the top. But now the other guy Mm -hmm. is more, you know, patient and he, you know, will just play according to, you know, the assignment. So it's, I mean, it's crazy, man, uh, to really... Uh, break it down on on, on how huge chemistry is but i mean chemistry on any successful team i'm talking in life and business it is everything yeah yep it is everything
0: that's a really good point that you bring up about how you you have to have each other's backs and you have to be that family if you want to succeed a million different things can get in the way Mm -hmm. if people aren't willing to make sacrifices and changes and support each other
2: well that's like you said sacrifices like that oh five team i was on no one gave a shit who got the credit, as long as we won. Uh, no really? one. Oh man, no, it was it was incredible. Like just, I remember coming out of a game with like three or four tackles, but I was, you know, fucking stoked. Like, yo, we just smashed. Our game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I mean, the game plan just didn't call for me to make as many plays. Um, you know that game, and you just no one ever bitched about it. They were just like, yeah, man, if this is what's gonna take to win, let's go. Like, yep. If I just got to go downhill and smash the guard sixty times a game, then that's what <laughs> I got to do this game. That's I don't care. So right, I mean to to point out to that we we led the league in sacks that year.
1: Mm. We didn't
2: we didn't have one guy over double digit sacks. We had a couple like I think Wistrom, Rocky Bernard, Fisher. Leroy Hill, they all had over seven or eight sacks. But we led the league. Usually the team that leads the league in sacks has one or two guys up around like the fifteen plus right. um, you know mark. But we had we had like fifty five sacks, and and there was like everybody was getting it on it. Like so that's that's the ultimate sacrifice. When a D end, who normally just wants to rush and do a one on one, like when he's running down into the guard, picking for you so you can come around free. I yeah. mean, so, and that's the kind of, like you said, that's the kind of, you know, respect and love we have for each other is like, yo, we, we got this, you know, let's run the stunt. Right. Yeah,
1: it, it wasn't stat driven at all. It wasn't like, oh, I'm playing nah. for my next paycheck. It was, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to let everyone else eat because I know if everyone else eats, I can eat.
2: But see, here's the thing. What a lot of guys don't understand is if you win, if you go deep in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they're going to see you. They're going to see that you were part of, you know a championship run. Uh, you know a great team,
1: right. and
2: and you're gonna you know you're gonna get paid more, right. more so than a guy that got a lot of stats but was on a shit team, because right. there's gonna be questions around like, okay, well, yeah, he's a great player, but is he a great teammate? Because wow, we're not. Well, that's, you know, how, that's how
1: all these Belichick guys get huge contracts afterwards because they absolutely come here play the, they get played. They play the system, and yeah. they go to like. Like I think of like Trey Flowers, he was here. He didn't have. He was great here in the system, but he didn't have huge stats. And then he goes yeah. to Detroit and he gets like an eighty, ninety million dollar contract. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so I mean, I mean, there's there's several um, instances like that for for New England, and really what that comes down to though is is Bill knowing value, and mm-hmm. and he's not going to overpay, and yes. yeah, and and the coach Bill often corrects any mistake that the gm bill because because you know he's got free reign over there And, and and you know he'll he'll bring a guy in um and if it doesn't work out he's quick to say nah i was wrong this guy get you know let's move him right and so i mean i think that's the biggest thing why he always wins is he's quick to say Nah, this isn't working out we're moving on and it doesn't matter if they were first or second round pick it does he doesn't he's not waiting he knows he knows after a year Usually it takes two years to kind of know, you know, what's going on. What do you have in a kid? Bill right. knows, Bill knows quick, man. Like yeah. he there's he, been guys there on, on big deals that he's just sent packing like, Hey man, I'm sorry. It didn't work out. And yeah, for most right. time, most part they usually land somewhere else. But you know, every now and then it's just like, you know, if you didn't work with, you know, at bills, they're going to call Bill and be like, Hey, what happened? You know? So, mm. right. Well, so let's just quickly transition.
0: Let's talk about your Seahawks this year. How, okay. how do you feel? Just what is your like general
2: after seeing the draft and just seeing their their offseason moves? How, how do you feel? I feel pretty good. Um, you know, one division last year, so we're really not that far off. And right. um, I, I, with that second round pick, um, I thought they were going to maybe get another lineman or, you know, either one of those centers. Right, that Ohio State or Oklahoma that went just a couple picks after, or, or I thought they were going to go with uh, maybe a, a pass rusher or a D lineman, because right. O and D line is really, I mean they did address it. Um, they got a guard. Uh, they're going to move Damian Lewis over to uh, left guard, and then um, so they did get who they got for Gabe Jackson. Is that who's? I think yeah. They got they got a good. Uh, former pro uh, bowler from from uh, the Raiders. So, oh, Game Jackson.
1: Yep, Game yeah, Jackson.
2: Yeah, So, yep, yep. so that was good, and I think that you know it helps Russ because you know we did we did have a little <laughs> little drama there going on in the off season. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know on yeah. defense, I just I feel like everywhere else at the skill positions we were set, and so you know, and I I don't ever second guess John, you know Schneider because I think he is one of the best drafters uh, I've ever seen. And going back to like the first class he brought in, my last year, you know, he, he had Pro Bowl Russell Okung, Pro Bowl potential Hall of Famer Earl Thomas, yeah, Pro Bowler Golden Tate, yeah. Uh, Did he draft Sherman? I'm not sure if he drafted Sherman. Yeah, or not. that was wow. in 2000. That was the next year. So in the, yeah, in this class they still had fourth rounder Walter Thurman, who was a beast. Fifth rounder Cam Chancellor and Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So wh- when I saw the first practice, I saw those guys on the field. I was like, "Holy shit! This is this is a new oh, we're ready caliber we're ready. Of, of athlete yeah. these days." Yeah, and uh, I was. I even told him, "I go, yo this is this is going to be the best class you ever draft." He goes, "Ah, we'll see. It's one of the first one." And then you know he followed it up the next year, like you said, Sherm, um, KJ Wright. Uh, wow! Yeah. Malcolm Smith Super Bowl MVP, like there's a couple yeah. others in there, um, and then twelve he followed that up with uh, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson back to back in second round, or third round. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've famous. learned, wow. I, yeah, I've learned not to, you know, rush to judgment on, on any pick that comes from Seattle because you never know. And uh, but I know they like right now they're in a situation where it's really best available, and that's what I feel like. They in their mind, hey, if this guy's here at, at this spot, I mean, that's who we're taking, right? I, they they must have been, you know, excited because uh, Escridge is five, five, nine. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. 190, but I mean, he can fly now, he's like a four, three, something. Wow, wow. It, it
1: made sense too because uh, they lost David Moore, I think, and he was a he was one yeah. of those short guys.
2: So, oh man, he that guy, if he gets more opportunities, he's pretty, he's pretty special. Um, yeah, but I to answer your question, I'm I'm confident where they're at and, and what they've done in the off season with moves. Um, they really were not far off. Uh, unfortunate to, to go out in the first round of the playoffs, right. but especially to, to your divisional opponent. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, it's, it, I, I'm pleased with what they're doing and I think they'll I think they'll be fine for another, another uh, title run.
1: I was going to ask kind of in terms of transitioning from this team and who, who else coached this team with Pete Carroll and you kind of, your relationship uh, with Pete Carroll over the years, you've kind of connected at almost every spot since college. Kind of how, how did that relationship grow and change through over the years?
2: Um, you know, it was, it was interesting. Cause you know, always had me and Pete have always had mutual respect for each other. Right. The, the, the love, I don't know if that was always there in terms of yeah. like, I kind of was forced to play. I was like the fourth string weak side linebacker at sc really a lot of people don't they don't they don't realize this they don't they don't understand this oh no i was i was i was the third string the third string will and i was the fourth string mike wow (laughs) when i got there wow yeah and i mean i didn't give a shit i just yo, just give me an opportunity man and you know you'll be grateful right right (laughs) so so injuries happen like they always do yeah and there was there was a graduation of injury to the middle linebacker spot. So now I found myself as the second string Mike, and but they were still trying to play me at at Will. I was now the third string Will. I moved up a spot and a you know or two on each side. Right. And so I went to them and I was like, yeah, like look, I'm really a middle linebacker. I don't know what I'm doing out here at Will. <laughs> like I don't want to be running with these fucking receivers, man. Right. Like, <laughs> Let them know. And so. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was just honest, man. Yeah, like I said, Massachusetts. You we're just honest. let them know. Absolutely. Yep. So so I let them know. I was like, just move me to Mike. It's gonna be great. And uh, <laughs> I get over there, and I win the job in the spring. Yeah. And you know they're kind of like, holy shit. How, you know, how did this guy win the job? You know, coming. I transferred in from University of Maine. You know, like they were, they were, they were probably pretty shocked. I wasn't, but I was like, hey man, this is what I do. So yeah, we. We, you know, I play those two years and I mean, every year they're bringing in another fucking five star blue chip, yeah. all American, yep. right. six three two fifty, 250 And I'm like five, 11 and a half, 230. So right. I'm like, geez, this, it's like I'm in the NFL already right. trying to fight these guys <laughs> off to stay on, to keep my job. But, um, so, you know, we went, we did a lot of winning, man. It was incredible to be part of that turnaround. Right. And, uh, I mean, I'm telling you the. The football knowledge that Pete kicks to to us as as college as 18, 19 year old kids, uh-huh. that alone is what prepared everybody, especially me anyways, for success at the NFL right away. Right. It was wow. man, I'm talking just I it's like the lights went on. I was like, man, I thought I knew football before. Right. Gosh, this was insane. And so I'm talking from the film study, the technique. Everything it was incredible, and you know, so we had we went 25 and one, insane in 26 games, insane. We, we thank you so we much.
1: Stacked that t- 2004, uh, team, right? Was yeah,
2: stacked. yeah. We only lost, we only lost to a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers in 2000. There he is, yep, in, there he is. <laughs> in, in triple overtime, we lost to that guy. Did you feel pressure? no i didn't i never felt pressure no one ever put m- more pressure on me than i put on myself right um mm. i I didn't care how good i had a, of a game if i missed one tackle if uh, i mean I would come out of games the one of the best games i had um in college i think i had i had fourteen tackles wow two interceptions wow. a forced fumble but i miss, i missed a sack and it fucking ate at me all week. My coach Nick Holt was just peppering me in meetings. Yeah, just don't miss the easy sack. And no. I
1: was like,
0: Fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, man. It's. I mean, after you had two interceptions, he said, "Oh, hey, don't forget about that sack."
2: Yeah, don't miss the layup. You know, that's <laughs> he was. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, but that's what pushes you to get better. You know, like right. you know that that feeling of never satisfied. Yeah. And um, yep. And so, but when it came to the end of my junior year, I was like, yo, I'm not going to get any taller. I'm not going to get any faster. <laughs> I'm not, you know, like another hundred tackles isn't going to wow the scouts or the teams into drafting me, right? you mm. know, in the first round. Um, I felt like I was ready for the NFL. And um, so I left against everybody's advice. You know, even some of my coaches are like, you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, ah, I think, I think I'll be all right. And, you know, obviously... Circumstances come into play too. I, I landed in a great opportunity with Seattle, um, right? You know, it was a group of veterans that were they were right knocking on the door of greatness. And um, in terms of getting over, like just getting that playoff win, because I remember when we got that first playoff win, my rookie year, there was a lot of guys that had been here. There was just like kind of they they just kind of got the monkey off the back, like you know, finally, finally we got we right. got over the hump. And then you know we kept going into the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we didn't win the Super Bowl, but
1: you know but just, make, but just, just making just making it, it there,
2: there is like yeah. an
1: accomplishment in and of itself. Like
2: it was, I mean, there there was <laughs> I I'm over it. I, you know, it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. This is good. Everything is <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> no, you know, well, I mean, they're always running the you know. The NFL networks like when the Super Bowl comes around, yeah, it's like most controversial Super Bowls, and like we're always sitting there at number right. one, and I'm just like, come on, man, yeah. just stop playing this shit, right? <laughs> but right. but it's um you know, it the, the the journey is what it's all about, and not everybody wins. There's plenty of Hall of Famers that don't have a Super Bowl ring, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the only way you can justify it or you know make peace with it is saying, hey, there were some situations, some things out of my control, yeah. You know, in that game, there were things beyond my control. So there was nothing that we could have done mm-hmm. uh, to to actually, you know, get what we wanted that day. It was just not meant to be right? Uh, uh, decided by something else, somebody else. Well,
0: not right. to get too philosophical on you, but do you believe that everything happens for a reason?
2: I do. I do. But I'm um, still don't know why that one happened. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> another 40 years, you're like. Oh, that's what it was. I mean, yeah, one day it'll come out. Well, I mean, the, I think the hardest part with that, with the whole thing, right. was when the the officials came to visit us like five years later. They're like, "Hey, man, you remember that game? You are like, that Oh, game do I? Two thousand five? Yeah. Oh, no. I guess I guess we got it wrong. No, times. did they say that? Oh, oh. Yeah, they they they, gave, they came out and gave us like a formal apology. Which, okay, as a man, you know, it's like. It, I respect you for being a big man and, and, you know, putting that out there. Yeah. Cause they did. They said, I "I wish Uh, there were some calls that, you know, at the time I saw them that way, according to the rules. And, you know, he did, he gave us a full apology, but you know, you know, the back of your mind, you're just like, you know, shit, man. Like, right. So me and my boys don't have a ring. Cause it's not like we got blown out. There were, there was like 10 or 11 calls. Yeah. Yeah. We lost 20, 21 to 10 or something. So it was. It wasn't. If we got blown out, like like Kansas City got blown out, there was a lot of calls in that game. But the Kansas right. City got blown right. out, right? Like it's right. like so. There's no there's no fighting or arguing. It's like yo, man, you, you we still had we were still in the game, and that's that's what makes it harder. Is that like shit, man? So you're telling me, officiating did play a, a, you know a role in that <laughs> that's game? That's Crazy. And it's like you know, it's one of those situations. Where you're like you know, I, I really wish you just went. With saying, "Hey, I called it how I saw it," and tough shit, like
1: <laughs> right, right, so, like almost like a,
2: yeah, kind of like, yeah, man. Did, if
1: you didn't hear it, it didn't happen, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah man, get over it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but to say that they were, <laughs> but so, um, so
0: so it doesn't make it any better that they came to you and they were like, "Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, we get that wrong."
2: No, I thought it, I thought that made it worse to tell you the truth. Really? You know, um, mm. but but like I said, the one way you can make peace with it is that there there ain't shit you could do about it that. It's like life. Yeah. If you can't, if there's nothing you could do about it, don't give energy or time or thought to it. That's. Yeah. And so. Yep. And so I right. don't. Harp, um, harping
1: on the past is just, it's toxic almost. It can be.
2: Hell yeah. Yep. But um, I'm just, I'm just grateful we had a, a resilient bunch that uh, we went out next year and, you know, every, you got the target on your back when you go to the Super Bowl or even go to the championship. 100%. Game. So we got everybody's best, you know, we got everybody's best shot and we still made it to the divisional. And I mean, Robbie Gould kicked like a 53 yarder into the wind in Chicago. And that kept mm. us from the NFC championship game or else I feel like we go to the Super Bowl Superbowl. Yep. Uh, so it's just, I mean, man, game of inches, right? And, yep. uh, so yep. it was, uh, it was wild, but we had, we had two or three good years to start my career uh, or in terms of uh, playoff runs. And that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. That, uh, the playoff runs but so I'm sorry that was a long you know roundabout to get back to to time with Pete and then me and Pete I think so it was 2 years later 8 9 yeah 3 years later 10 Pete got the job up here and um and I I mean like I said so I was part of part of a turnaround in in SC with Pete and I knew what was about to happen when he got up here when we had I think we had some kind of record like 250 roster transaction in the first year. And we went Too seven or nine. Wow. And it was something something ridiculous. And in yeah, it was almost oh man. It was yeah, it had to be two fifty. because <laughs> I think they were saying it, it worked out to like one and a quarter every day, every or what was That's that? Or insane. almost seventy point seven five every day. Wow. That's right. Oh my God. Um so it was, um, and so to your point about how big is chemistry, well, you know, there was times I look over in the locker and the guy next to me, it was like two different dudes each week. Is like, wait, where did so-and-so yep. go? Yeah. And how are you going to adjust and, to
0: play with the new roster if you literally oh, just yeah. meeting these guys right They're, now?
2: There were guys going up, going down, you know. Oh, yep. no, we waved him. We brought this guy back. He's practice mm-hmm. squad. I'm like, man, I don't know how they even kept it like together upstairs in terms of like the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was wild, man. But um but I mean uh you know we went out and we got Marshawn Lynch which was mm-hmm. arguably mm-hmm. you know the best free agent signing in the history of the Seahawks because you, you saw what he did.
0: Insane. Yep.
2: Um yeah and so I mean it was it was football it was it was fun again because I, we had just come off two losing seasons. And I mean, even though this was a losing season, it was seven to nine, we made it to the playoffs. First losing team to make it to the playoffs. Right. <laughs> and this is just this is just classic Pete. Right. Even, even when he loses, he wins. So <laughs> so we go seven to nine. Somehow we still get the playoff berth. And then we win against the defending champion. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> New Orleans Saints. The
1: Saints. That's the <laughs> that was the beast mode. Run, I was, right? was yeah, beast
2: quake. And yeah. so, so I go say it. And and then we went, and um, you know we we played a, a tough Chicago team, um, but um, who right. would eventually lose to Green Bay, I think. But if we would, ju- if we could have just taken care of business in Chicago, we would have had the NFC Championship game. At at eight and eight, we would have had the ten or no, we would have been like nine and eight at that. Finally, had a winning record. Insane. Uh, (laughs) We would have had the the Green Bay Packers at our home field for the NFC Championship game. Wow, unbelievable! (laughs) Unbelievable. After two hundred
0: and fifty roster changes.
2: Oh, it was wild. But that's that's what you 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 love and respect about Pete is, um, I mean, look at Russell Wilson, a third round quarterback. So yeah. when we when he when Pete says the best man's gonna play, Pete's not bullshitting, man. Like he had just he had just, him and John just paid Matt Flynn a good amount of money to come over and be the man, right? right. Russell Wilson came in and said, "Yo, I'm I'm here to fucking play, man." Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, oh, he won that job. The rest is history, right? So, um, and I mean, that was an incredible defense that was built. Um, they were yeah just the Legion of Boom, the linebackers, the, the D-line was stacked. That was probably the deepest the D-line had been um, in a long time, probably since 05. So, I mean, it yeah. was it was incredible to watch. So you're grateful that the
0: whole time, like, you were able to keep your job. When you were playing, did you feel like there was somebody <laughs> always coming for your
2: neck or? No, I didn't care. I, I knew if I did what I had to do. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like, I don't want to say I was grateful to keep my job. It was – like in college, it felt like I was never the guy. Really, like I, it really did. I mean, I don't. To me, it just it felt like you know every year. Um, and I mean, that's you. You would t- you better approach it like that too, anyways, right? Because because they didn't see me coming from you know University of Maine to take any job, right? right? So mm-hmm. you know it's it's that whole thing, man. You you got to stay ready, mm-hmm. and uh, so. But, um, yeah, no, but it was, um, it was, it was crazy because after, when I was done, you know, playing ball, um, they wanted me to come back and coach. And I was like, okay, well, I've heard from everybody. Like John called me, uh, Cam Chancellor called me, KJ Wright called me. I was like, (laughs) yo, you got, you got all my guys calling me, you know, Mo Kelly, player development guy, EK, my boy, the equipment dude, they're all calling and texting me. I go, yo, tell Pete to call me. I go, what is going on, man? Like. And so and so and so Pete hit me up and he's like what's up lo I was like I don't know man I'm like is this real like what's going on yeah. He's like yeah he's like do you want to coach and I was like if this is real okay then yeah like let's you know all I want and I, I remember him t- telling him this I was like look the only thing I'm missing from my career is a fucking super bowl ring Yeah now. I go mm. and I want to get that and so that was a conversation we had because that's that was the only reason, for you know, that I wanted to continue playing. You know, after mm-hmm. I got hurt a couple times, and I mean, especially when you reach that game, I mean, never mind winning a championship or, or two in college. That when that appetite for being a champion, yeah, when that mindset and that when you get the taste of what it's like to put the work in and and, and get that, win that ring. There's nothing that can com- compare to that. And so, um, wow. and so that's, you know, when I went to coach and I went with the mindset of like, yo, fuck it. If this is how I got to get my ring, this is how I'm getting my ring. Right. <laughs> and we, and we came close, we came close again, but, but it didn't work out, unfortunately. But, um, but you know, I was back with, uh, one of the loves of my life, football, the game of football. Mm-hmm. So, right. so I was grateful for that. So, so how far you just, you
0: mentioned loving the game and loving the sport. Do you think because there, were, there was some there was some stuff earlier in the NBA where there was a couple of rookies, one in particular, who said, I don't I don't watch basketball. He's like, I, I like the sport. I like to play, but I don't love it. How important is that love for the game if you're on the top level?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't care how athletic that guy is. I know who you're talking about, too. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of his. For uh, sure. But the I don't care
0: for me. I'm just kind of like, ah. Oh.
2: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, he's young, man. Give him a break. Okay, fair, him a break. fair, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, if I don't care how athletic you are, how big, strong, fast you are. If you go up against a guy that loves it, yep. you're in for hell. I'm talking, really? of, you know, oh, my God. Just because they, they'll they go to lengths. They'll put in the work that you won't do. And, they, you know, and they're not talking about just football, but anything in life. Yeah. The hardest worker, yeah. the hardest worker is the one that reaps the rewards. Yep. It's, Absolutely. you know, it's, um, I mean, even what is like uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes plays right into what you're talking about, about talent is um, Erica Jong. She said, everybody has talent. Mm-hmm. What's rare is the courage it takes to follow the talent to the dark places it will lead. Wow. Uh, so, and then we're talking about, yeah. So when you talk about someone that loves it, Get ready for war, man, and I mean, and that's what that's that's to the level or the degree that that I played with was like I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, and I'm not the fastest, but oh, I, love it. I am going to give you hell yep. every time I, I step on the field. You're going to remember like, yo, fifty ones for real. Yeah, <laughs> that's,
0: that's Loafa was, was here. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> so Lofa, I, so I know we're running out of time, but I just want to ask one more question about that mindset. And that's when, when injuries happen,
2: mm-hmm. where,
0: where does your mind go? Because you fight so hard every day, you put the work in, you're grinding every day. And and I was never a professional athlete, but there was one time where I was, I was running track and my leg just shattered. It just shattered like Ooh, all the way yeah. through. And it wasn't, the physical pain that hurt—it was the mental, no, it's the emotional, it's the emotional. Yeah, it's, the
2: mental and the emotional. You see
0: everybody out there running and continuing to do the sport that you love, and it's just like, oh. where do you go, and how important is that drive to keep you coming back to it?
2: Well, that's—I mean, that's the—it—it it really is. It's a fucking roller coaster, man. Like you—you hit—you hit it on the head in terms of like, um, you know, there's all the questions like, well, will, will I will I ever play? Again? Yeah. Will I be the same? Can I at mm. least get to ninety percent of what I was? Yeah. Like they, all these factors come into play, and I mean, like I said, ten surgeries, fifteen plus concussions. I, I've wow. came back from you know probably thirty injuries. Wow, in nuts, in, that's in, crazy. In six seven years in the NFL, and um, you know every time it it can either take a little bit of your soul and and your your you know emotional health away or it can make you a little stronger to a degree that you that you fought through it yeah. and um you know i i think it's more you know of the latter that you you gained a little more perspective and you know a little more appreciation for for what you've just overcome mm-hmm. because that's again i always go back to like we're saying you know even in life man shit happens yeah. and yep. Absolutely. It, you know it's how do you react so the mindset you know, is just it's always to get better. And um that's something I got from Pete and his coaches that I'm, you know, grateful for is that every second of every day, especially when I was coaching for him, that I got to see the other side, you know, of of the game. And it was a relentless pursuit of getting better. Yeah. And that's why Pete at fucking 68, 69 or whatever, he's like the second oldest coach, him and Bill. Um, uh, that's why I, I guarantee you Pete could do this for another eight, 10 years, you know, as long as there's no health, uh, concerns involved, right. if it's, uh, I guarantee he could do that. He could do this, like, uh, stay mentally sharp, stay prepared and then, you know, continue to try. Cause that's the thing. Even just coming off back to back Super Bowl appearances, that's when I got in there, they were like, okay, we're not going to change much, but we are going to rethink how we're approaching everything. Right. And, Mm. you know, that's, I mean, that's impressive because a lot of people are like, Hey, well, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. (laughs) Like, let's just, you know, like, let's just, let's just ride this wave as long as we can. But, you know, uh, Pete's always just thinking like, Hey, how do we innovate? How do we get better at this? We were middle of the pack here. That's not good enough. I need to be top 10, top, top eight here. And so, I mean, I'm talking every statistical category broken down there was no stone left unturned. And so that's what I got from, from um, Pete and his staff, not just in college, but in, in the NFL, especially coaching was, um, was, was the coolest part. And, um, and it all ties into, to mindset, man. Yeah. Like how, how great, how great do you want to be? Yeah. And uh, that's mm. a, I mean, shit, if I'm going to do something, I want to be, I want to be the fucking best, man. That's just, it's just that's 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 my mindset yep. and, that's real uh, shit yeah, and i mean that's, that's that's what it is now why are you doing it if you, if you don't want to be the best because yep. life's too short man so you better do what you love and you better go as hard as you fucking can
0: absolutely right it doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't yeah. matter what you do because you could be you could literally be a, a, a retail worker but if that's what you love mm-hmm. you you put yeah. everything you have into that and you be the best best retail worker you can possibly be
2: but see, and that goes back to what you were asking about the kid that said, "Ah, well, I don't love what I'm doing." Yeah. Well, well, eventually his attention's going to wander. I mean, it probably already has if he's saying stuff like that. Right. While your attention's wandering, someone else is out there getting better, and they're working. Yep. They're working on their weaknesses, yep. and just like you're saying with the job, retail. If you're in retail, if that's what you love, then it doesn't wear on you. Yep. When you go do what you're doing, when you go to work, you know. I, I don't believe that that lie. Like. Uh, if you love what you're doing, you don't work a day and you're fucking like, fuck that, man. Football was hard work. Yeah. <laughs> I love football. That shit was, that shit was hard, yep. man. That shit was uh, hard. Yep. So, but, um, but at the end of the day, was it, it was, even though I worked, we worked from like what, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. until five, you know, 12 hour days, it was way less draining than a nine to five yep. because yep. I loved what I was doing. Yep. So it was, it was work. It was definitely work, but it uh, you know, like you said, when it's your passion, you're going to find yourself at the top. Um, if you just keep going.
0: Absolutely. One final question Lo, before you go. And I, again, I really appreciate yep. you taking the time to be with us today. I mean, this has been,
2: oh, we'll do it again, man. No absolutely. What's up? So Hell
0: that yeah. passion has that translated into your new business?
2: Oh, absolutely. Because my new business, first of all, um, for those that don't know, I have a health and wellness company uh, around supplements that have impacted my life and forever changed my perspective and just, man, my, my gratefulness to be alive even, yeah, you know, and with all the injuries and all the trauma I went through mentally, physically, emotionally, I have zone in CBD and you can learn more about it, zone in com. but it, um, man, I started taking Full spectrum oil, which is CBD, maybe five years ago now, 2016 ish, and um, you know, at the time I was overweight. I was 280 pounds, uh, so I was 50 pounds over my playing weight. Right now, I'm back down to 235. Wow! And That's I've main- awesome. I've maintained this weight since 2017 um, ish, and um, and yeah, I just not just the physical. Um, Aspect of it, you know, from all the surgeries, but the mental clarity, yep. which you know hence hence zone in um that you receive from from the the plant, the hemp plant is really what's opened my eyes and just helped me become the best I've ever been, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, man, I'm just like, you know, I'm in the zone, yeah, that's why we yeah. called it zone yep. in right, and and a lot of athletes know what the zone is. Um, in positive psychology, it means flow state. Flow where you state. were just totally immersed, yep. totally immersed in the moment, aka zoned in yep. and um you know, it's changing a lot of people's lives and uh, for the better, and I could not be more grateful for for that. And so when you say, am I passionate about what I'm doing? yes, <laughs> extremely. yeah. Um, yep. like I said, it changed my life. and for three years before I started the company, uh, it'll be two in October. So three years prior to that, I was just buying qu- full, um, quality full spectrum oil and handing it out to people and watching them, you know, just do a 180 with their health and wellness. Because so, what CBD does, it just positively responds to our receptors in our mind and body. Right. And, you know, we have this endocannabinoid system that is comprised of CB1 and CB2 receptors, and it's, it helps transmit signals back and forth, you know, seamlessly, effortlessly. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, on top of being an anti-inflammatory, it's a neuroprotectant, which means it's great for your brain, right. um, a powerful antioxidant. And uh, there's just there's a number of benefits, even from, like I say, with the surgeries, it's worked on my pain receptors to register pain differently. I feel like a kid again. Really? In terms of, wow. oh, yeah, I'm playing basketball every day. Um, and the inflammation's down in my knees and my, and my ankle, it's not there anymore. My joints don't hurt. It's, but, but I could not be more grateful for though, what it's done mentally in terms of the first, from the first time I took it, it just started to, it will put you into homeostasis, which means, um, balance within the cell. And so like, that's why we say, you know, when you're in the zone, you're not, you're not too high up. You're not too down, you know, not too low. You're just. I mean, you can't miss. And so yeah. everybody knows that feeling when they were, you know, they just had their, the greatest game of their life. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why, you know, being, you know, founded by a bunch of former pro athletes, um, we, we went with that name. And it's uh, it's changing lives. And, you know, like I said, if I think this can finally maybe put me on my dad's level with <laughs> – with you know, off the field, yeah, doing doing good and doing good in the world. Yeah, so the
1: impact, yeah,
2: yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I finally get to his level with this one because um, the stories I get every day from people um, about man, I can't believe it. I took it. I took it for you know, anxiousness slash anxiety, mm-hmm. and there was a someone just left a review on our page that said she's had this condition um, where she had painful cysts and. Like, and she said it, she didn't realize it because she was so grateful that the anxiety had lessened. She didn't realize it, but the, the cysts are gone. Wow. And wow. She said she's had that all wow. her life. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, as, as an older, older woman. And so, I mean, it's just, when you see something like that, you know, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, um, I think along those lines, like my dad, you know, the last conversations I ever had with him, he it was like, what's the meaning of life? And I was like, man, I don't know. And so, but I do now was that, you know, we're only here, fellas, we are here for a short amount of time. Yes. And I mean, you know, my dad lived to 54 and I'm going to say, everyone says that's, that's, that's too young. Right. But shit, if I get 16 more years, I will be so grateful to God, our creator, whoever you want to pray to. I mean, that's, that's a blessing, right? Every day is a blessing. Preach. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, we're only here for a short amount of time, do as much good as we can while we're here. Mm. And, uh, and that's how, that's how we'll live forever is um, in, in, in the memories and, and, and with, uh, with our loved ones. That's
1: yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. And I think just, just the way, just the way that you're taking care of like others and letting others take care of themselves. Yep. Yeah. Like that's huge. Like just like keep, like keeping your own health. Like you, we, we all do things for others and we work for others and, but we, we sometimes we just forget to to work on ourselves, and we we forget that if we're not healthy and if we're not at that right state, like you were talking about, then we can't continue to help help others. It? Yeah, so. yeah. Yep.
2: You're not it's as like, good. It's to, cyclical. To, if if you could, yeah. And that's where, man, I never realized it. You know, I always I always have, and I always will. You know, put others first. But I have, you know, come to that place in time where I'm just okay. What do I need? What do I need to be yeah. better yep. for others? Yep. Right. And that's really what it came down to was this supplement. It just went to work on me to, to, to the point where I, I knew how foods affected my mood. I knew how, you know, shitty alcohol affected me. How like wow. just everything. I mean, it was a total 180 in terms of like even... And I mean, you know, I was a professional athlete once upon a time. So like, I know right from wrong in terms of what I should be eating, Right. but I still, it didn't resonate like when I was eating it. Cause you, you know, creatures of habit, if you continually do that, but like the first time that I was taking this stuff and I was at a movie theater with my kids and I reached for some of their Sour Patch Kids. This is my favorite candy since I was a kid, <laughs> Sour Patch Kids, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I could eat like a fucking pound bag of those things <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and I reached for a handful. I ate that shit. And the sugar just went to town on me and I just felt nauseous. Wow. Uh, like yeah. sick. And I was like, okay, what just happened? And, you know, it's because, uh, you know, all your receptors are heightened to respond and tell you, Hey man, that wasn't cool. Like what, right. <laughs> whatever you just did to us was not <laughs> overload, cool. Overlord overload. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, Dude, I could, I could talk for hours on this and, uh, you know, one day we will, if you want, but I uh, I was about to ask you, like, so
0: I, can I just go to your website and like look into this because you know, I'm still out there playing basketball and every day and and that, that mind body connection is super important.
2: Well, so yeah. And it's got it. So it's, it's it's a, it's soluble in your fat cells. So that's where, and like, so over time it's cumulative effect. Right. But and cause I hate it when people are like, ah, oh, I tried that. And you know, it's not an aspirin or a Tylenol. <laughs> and you know, like we're like, okay, in 30 minutes, you're going to be like, Oh, I'm that good. shit worked. Yeah, yeah, right. that, <laughs> right. Well, that's why that stuff's so bad for yep. you. Is it? Cause it works that quick. Yep. Uh, right. But, um, so, you know, over, like I said, it was like two days. I noticed, I was like, I don't know. I'm just in, I'm just in the greatest mood I've ever been Wow. in terms of like, can't be, yeah. Just can't be phased. I remember like, I was on the highway and someone was flipping me off. And normally I got the Massachusetts road rage, yeah, right? You can't help so it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, I'm going <laughs> to pull over. Well, so, like, yeah, like, we're going to figure this out right now, bro. And, and so, you know, the guy did it. He pulled off in front of me and I just waved. I was like, whatever, man. Like, wow. You just and, let it
1: go. Wow. And, like,
2: yeah. I had to, like, really think about it because I was in the moment. I was zoned in. Like, mm. you couldn't affect. I don't give a shit what's, what's going on, you know, right now in in, in your life on this, on this road right now, dude, my, my main priority is to get to my point B safely. And, you know, but before, you know, you think about the times where you do have road rage and you're putting others at risk because you're trying to cut this guy off. It's like, damn. Right. And just for like like a
0: futile interaction, that's like just going to make two people upset.
2: Even more mad. Right. Yeah. And cause them more harm. So it's, Like I said, when I say the perspective shift, yeah, I mean, it was incredible how it was, you know, eye opening. And like I said, so from there, it just, I bought so much of it and I just started handing it out like to my mom, to my sister, to anybody that would listen to me or try it. You know, that was open-minded to, you know, getting better um, in any facet of their life. So it's, uh, it was eye opening. I'm forever grateful. I owe my life to it. It it, it is my passion now. And, um, and that's why I don't feel like I'm going to work when I do, you know, get on a podcast for it, or I go do, you know, a radio interview for it. Yeah. I mean, man, I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Lofa, for, I mean, sharing. The word that comes to mind is literally like profound, just profound things. And, and I just really appreciate you taking the time today sharing your experience, talking about all this stuff. I mean, from from the, from the playing sports to the mental side, to the best coaches, to parts of your career, to what you're doing now, you have my highest respect for using your platform 100%. to help other people.
2: Oh man, I appreciate that, man. That's uh, that means a lot to me, brother. Of course.
0: Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, for coming on our show today. I I, I really, Shreyas, I'm, I'm, you know, I speak for both of us when we really yeah. appreciate you taking the time.
1: Just an amazing experience. A l- amazing person. Love talking to you. It was just a great time for me.
2: Right on, fellas. Will you stay blessed? And, uh Yeah, let's do it again if sometime. If you ever want to come back, our
0: our show is open. Absolutely.
2: I, I definitely will, man. Keep going with it.
0: Well, Lofa, thank you again. Look forward to talking to you soon and 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 be well. Hell yeah, fellas. Stay blessed. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Max, Maxie, wanna yes. you want to Oh,
0: yes. You have been listening to another more professional episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast (laughs) by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Treyas. And we will see you next time.
2: Peace.